The Indians now faced generally south. Man's men stood six or eight feet from them, too close. Man now told them to fall back. They did so until about twenty-five feet separated the two groups. The abrupt movement startled the Indians, and events unfolded quickly. The impassioned medicine man was again on his feet. He renewed his loud tirade and broke into ghost dance movements, repeatedly advising his listeners to be brave and to stand up and be brave. As he did so, a number of the older Lakotas were searched and moved through the opening between the troop units. Father Kraft later said, I went up to them and tried to reassure them, but very few listened to me. At this point, eyewitness accounts differ on particulars. Varnum said that he and Whiteside had gone through about twenty men, but collected only cartridges in a hat. Others said that several firearms had been confiscated. Still others maintained that when one or two sergeants either reported seeing rifles or wrenched a rifle from beneath an Indian's blanket, the medicine man, who had been grabbing sand and rubbing it on his head, suddenly stooped, grasped a handful, and tossed it heavenward. Some recalled that this movement was accompanied by his letting loose on a high-screeching eagle-bone whistle. A mounted Lieutenant Robinson saw the man lurch toward the rear of the line with eight or ten warriors and spurred his horse to within a few feet, motioning them back. But it was too late, and Robinson quickly pulled his horse away. Captain Varnum, overseeing the search with his troop a short distance to the west, caught the movement from the corner of his eye as a simultaneous commotion erupted in the circle. Look out, he screamed. They've broken. In a flash, all was tumult. What happened next took but seconds, but would mark history and memory forever. A single gunshot pierced the air. Some officers, enlisted men, and Lakotas later said that they had heard it. Wells, who was with Forsyth, wheeled about quickly to see a soldier drop. While some of the Indians motioned excitedly toward the camp's white flag, perhaps five or six young warriors flung aside their blankets and turned, revealing lever-action Winchesters. Several more shots rang out and were followed almost instantly by a devastating massive volley of gunfire. At least fifty shots together, said Whiteside, as the Indians turned against the surprised men of Troops B and K in their front and the soldiers instantaneously responded. Varnum remembered one deafening crash that felled twenty-five or thirty Indians at once and dropped soldiers in their tracks. Reporter Cressy wrote, in a moment the whole front was a sheet of fire above which the smoke rolled, obscuring the central scene from view. As Lieutenant Preston remembered, the Indians fired outward in all directions as along the spokes from the hub of a wheel. Soldiers also fired inwardly. Some later declared that the first shot came when the sergeant or sergeants grappled with the warrior for his weapon. Others said that a deaf or demented youth fired the opening shot. The incident may have been one and the same.